Can you hear me? Do you know where you are? You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Westworld episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we bring ourselves back online with the season three finale, Crisis Theory. Written by Jonathan Nolan and Denise Tay, directed by Jennifer Getzinger. IMDb is giving this an 8.5 and Rotten Tomatoes a 46%. Whoa. Rotten Tomatoes, not happy with this episode. The synopsis is time to face the music. Oh, I thought that's what Rotten Tomatoes said. <laughs> no, here's what the critics did say. On balance, this season proved impactful when it came to branching out beyond the confines of the park. Unfortunately, at times it felt like it was treading water too often with its biggest ideas. The one major theme, the question of free will, was not exactly handled with any great subtlety, perhaps an overcorrection in response to previous complaints that the show was too complicated. I hope season four can find the balance there. The band that the creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy were in has started playing different tunes. See you on the dark side of the moon. We'll start off like we always do with our title, which is Crisis Theory. And in our spoiler section last week, we had two different definitions that were a possibility. One concerning the causes and the consequences of the tendency for the rate of profit to fall in a capitalist system. Now, that's a little more obscure, but I think we might find some parallels there as we go along. But the second one is from psychology, and it says that this theory provides a sound framework on which interventions can be based, stating that a crisis will occur when a pre-existing psychological equilibrium is upset by life events. I think those both fit with what's going to be happening in Westworld's real world. Yeah, well, this very delicate equilibrium, as they put it, right, that Serac is trying to maintain this whole time using Rehoboam. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the picture that we see all season long of the readout mimicking that of an eclipse, and all it takes is just a little bit for that to start getting off course, a little bit of the black showing behind the white in order to cause a crisis. Well, here, we're going to open up for the first time seeing, what is it, 20 or more different areas throughout the world that there are divergences happening. Yeah. It's in pretty much every major city. Well, the other thing is that we got two music notes, one a Ramin Jawadi called Myself, and that is the opening when we see Dolores after the EMP lying on the ground. But the second plays at the very end with Caleb and Maeve, and it's Brain Damage by Pink Floyd. And we can talk about the references there, other things from pop culture that they're indicating. But first, let's talk about our overall thoughts on the episode. Actually, Jason, we should give a warning <laughs> Of course, we're going to spoil everything from this episode, but just in case, I know it's been quite a few days now, but right afterwards, some people had not realized that there is a post-credit scene for this episode. There's two. Yes. And they are all the way at the end, and they are crucially important. There's a lot of spoilers that happen there. So if you haven't yet seen the entire episode, including those after the credit scenes, pause this for a minute, make sure you go watch that, and then come back because we're going to dive into it all. Well, Christina, I'm in major conflict here. As a season, it was a Westworld season. I did enjoy it. As a season finale, there was parts I enjoyed, but there was parts I was having difficulty with, and I couldn't 
quite put it into words. But as I thought about it over the days, I started to think about why did certain elements affect me negatively or at least left me thinking, really, that's it? And I believe, without going on a 20-minute tangent, I think the difficulties lie in two major things. One, the overall storylines in our characters were not that prolific. Actually, they could have been explained or shown to us in one or two episodes. But in order to keep it Westworldy, they did this in many sequences or storylines this season. They just kept it secret. Keep it secret again. Give you a little bit, keep it secret again, so that we, we can reveal it in the end. But as a whole, it wasn't that meaty of a story or a background. It's a lot to hinge a whole season on. My second reasoning is two of our more favorite characters, I think, either had nothing to do this season, part and partial, because they had to keep things hidden, and the other because she had to be the yang to Dolores's ying. And what I'm talking about is Maeve, in this case. And we had talked about this during the season. It just doesn't feel like it's Maeve. It doesn't feel fleshed out. We don't seem convinced that she has enough reason to go against Dolores so heavily. Then we discussed the button. Well, she has no choice. It's not just that she wants to see her daughter and she's being selfish. It's that he has the button. Turns out... Yeah, she can override that. But I I have some thoughts on that. I want to jump in here for a second just to acknowledge that this finale... The whole season, really, but especially this episode, was extremely divisive. In reading what the critics have to say, the articles, listening to other podcasts, looking at fan feedback, it doesn't feel like a lot of people were lukewarm about this episode. They either really loved it and said it was a 10 out of 10, it absolutely worked for them, they completely understood the creator's intentions, it got them excited for season four, or else they really did not like it, and it didn't land, it didn't hit for them. Unfortunately, I'm just going to say right off the bat, so that this doesn't come as a surprise, it did not work for me. I have a lot of problems with it. I'm not going to be tearing it apart and be super upset and negative the entire time, but I do think it's important to point out some of that criticism because a lot of people are feeling that way. If this was excellent for you, I don't mean to rain on your parade, I can see some of the positives and why people like it, I go back to kind of what I've been saying all season, which is what you're talking about. Why are you in it with Westworld? Now, if a big part of that is characters, I think this isn't going to work too well for you. It seems like because the creators wanted to get away from that plot twist and the confusing structure, okay, we're not going to play with the timelines. We're not going to suddenly reveal at the end that Dolores is in Hale's body, although we did a little bit of that body switching, guessing stuff. But that wasn't the main thing. It's not as though they stopped doing that. And I don't know if they misunderstood and thought it was directly related to plot twist. They kept the mystery box. But here, as you're mentioning, they did it by withholding character motivations. Why is this person doing what they're doing? What is their goal for this journey? That made it really hard for me to figure out where to fall, who to root for, Coming to the end and seeing that Dolores was actually for humanity all along, I would have been so much more excited to know that at the beginning of the season. To feel what she's feeling as she comes up against opposition that thinks she's the villain and saying, I'm I'm actually trying to do this to help. Mm -hmm. And people like Maeve that should be on her team and just can't see eye to eye because she's got her own situation she's dealing with. That would bring out emotion in us. 
I to think know, that worked. yeah, to know more about Caleb's backstory early on, instead of hiding from us that his memories had been tampered with, and <clears throat> there's all these very human flaws and difficulties he's trying to overcome. He can't quite come to terms with the fact that Dolores is a host, and yet he believes in her message. Emotionally, I think I could have felt all that if they just would have been more upfront with it. And I'm not sure the point it serves to make that a secret, a big twist at the end. Even if you want to say Dolores didn't make that decision in the very beginning, as she tells us this episode, I was kind of of two minds for a while. It took me a bit to realize humanity was worth saving. Well, fine. Let us go on that journey with her. For sure. Let us see that stuff. Another real big problem that you brought up with withholding the motivations is it made certain characters seem uncharacteristic. Maeve, who is so extremely intelligent and on top of everything, who has superpowers and can tap mm-hmm. into the mesh network. Yes, it turns out she could override Sarek's control all along. That wasn't really holding her there, except I don't think she knew that. That's going to be my little caveat there. That's probably true. Yeah. I don't think she knew until she was pushed to try it and to extend herself beyond her reach a life or death situation that she actually was able to do it. Regardless, she still had to seem very unmave like the entire time. There wasn't a good reason why Dolores and Maeve couldn't have had this conversation much earlier. Maeve all but said to her and did in these exact words this episode, just let me into your mind. Yeah. If I could see what was going on, I think I could get on board. And she did. Funny enough, it seemed like Maeve was powering up towards the end of the episode she could all of a sudden hear Robo mm-hmm. talking, but I don't know why. There's no reason why. And if we gave, if there was a good, legitimate reason, then that would help a little bit. That, that one I'm not having as much trouble with because it's things that they did lay tracks for throughout the season versus did not. With Maeve, we did see her getting put into the simulation, learning how to affect the outside world, Mm. walking through those city streets and affecting the electricity around her, gearing up for the fight against Dolores in the simulation setting. So I think all season long, she has been increasing her abilities. Right, but that could help us explain why she was able to overpower the button. And And I think it it does. It does on a subtle level. The problem I'm having more with her is being so set in her ideas and her framework and as we mentioned, it's true. It's not like she's really for Serac or his ideas. She no. didn't take a side the entire time, much like we assumed. She was sort of being held hostage, and she just wasn't trying to fight very hard for one cause or the other because she didn't believe in either. Yeah. And I didn't even get into Dolores. And you did interrupt me, but that's okay. The two people I was talking about, so I said Maeve. The other one was Bernard. I wanted to save him. Okay, so we can save him. But uh, that was my issue with, I felt like he had nothing to do this season, strictly because they had to hide this last episode's worth of, you have the key. Which we knew, as Clatchers, that he had the key, but he didn't know as a character. I'm tired of him not knowing. But it seems like he's going to open up and wake up, and we'll get to this, being the one who knows. Well, let me just ask you right here. Do you think that was his real importance all along this season, that he had the key? To Dolores right now, yes. But I think also he's the new tool that she has on her side, so to speak, at this point. And there's a few other issues I have, which we'll go over during the plot. But I do want to say, because we're hounding on this, there were a lot of positives as well. As always, Westworld's filming, their cinematography, the score, the attention to detail was amazing. 
as a visual, this is one of the better episodes. Them, just like Game of Thrones, are really good with crowds. Really good with showing masses. And in this case, masses of people who are angry and are trying to get past barricades. I thought those were shot beautifully. The aerial shots, the close shots from the ground up, watching these people climb over the barriers. It was very beautifully done. They come into issues with overpowering, meaning, and we've talked about this in The Magicians last year, when you have characters that are too strong, you can't really use them too much. In this case, it's the mech. They had to show them Mm -hmm. so that we would be like, what about the mechs? And it was in one portion of it. It made them disperse. But then all of a sudden, Caleb joins up with his crew, which, by the way, one of my favorite parts is I love his crew. And they go to a different section. There's no mech to be found. The acting was amazing. There are certain key moments and storylines that I truly did enjoy. And I am excited for next season. So I'm not saying this is a failure by any regards, but I'm saying that there was so much more opportunity that I just feel like they didn't grasp onto. I'm excited for next season, too. I mean, unfortunately, if I had to order it by favorites for the seasons, I would go sequentially. I think it's no contest that season one is everyone's favorite. It set a really, really high bar. Season two, I liked less, and I was probably very frustrated with at the time. But in hindsight, as we mentioned, there were some spectacular episodes in there, some really good character development that I hoped they would beef up this time around. The confusion was difficult, but it was still Westworld. This season, they got a little bit away from that for me. Some of the essence of what I think of when I think of this show wasn't really here. Plus, we didn't have some of the character stuff. It almost felt a little bit like stalling to me, Mm -hmm. as though they didn't know if they were going to have a season four, where they would go with it. They didn't want to push anyone or anything too far. So here, let's just do this almost side plot of showing you the outside world. And I'm not saying that's not important. Seeing humanity and figuring out what's going on with this race is one of the most important things. But the way that they dug into that, it was like, we don't want to open this box up too much in case we have to end it with season four. And then when we find out that we're not, well, it's really all just more of a setup Mm -hmm. for next time around. When you said stalling, I thought you meant Stalin. (laughs) Because it kind of fits too. Stalling, sorry. But anyway, that means that it's hard, I think, to get super excited about a season like that. I kind of more just go, okay, well, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it for the most part. And it's more the finale in isolation that I didn't like. Agreed. Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about this episode. It's the surprises for sake of surprises to the point where sometimes it doesn't even kind it doesn't really make sense. Why? (laughs) Here's another example. Okay, so Dolores downloaded that code that was in the thumb drive as well. Why why keep that a secret? For the surprise at the end? Okay, so why did Dolores let herself get erased and make that the last file that she puts up there? Why doesn't she release that file first up into Robo? Yeah, and and we're going to go over some of those kind of questions that we don't quite land on, what things didn't make sense. But in general, when you're speaking of Rehoboam, I actually thought we were going to get a look (laughs) at what it's like to be inside of the mind of Rehoboam, to see the machine a little more. When Dolores was hooked up there, I thought, oh, fantastic. We're going to see what she sees. We got a glimmer of that with Solomon when we went there and he was talking to, and they were talking to him. Yeah. 
I wanted more of that where Robo is explaining to them and we get visuals. And he talks about file number 116. Caleb, you kill your mother. And then they show a clip of it. File number 117. If we just fix this and we just change this, Caleb, you end up saving your mother. You know, like. And you could see a timeline of events yeah, unfolding. That'd be beautiful. And they could bring us into the world of Robo and, and make us feel for it to a certain point. Try to at least understand and empathize with it. Understand why Sirach views it as a god. Yeah. And is willing to dedicate his whole life to it. And thus, when it gets shut down at the end of the episode, oh man, what now? And we still do have that feeling, but it's things like that. We don't have a feeling of loss. Yeah. But they could have given us a little bit for us to have an inkling of, I'm glad he's gone, but also I feel a little bit of loss. Like, can we do it without Robo? I think they could have played with our minds a little bit that way. A few things, we were wrong, but kind of right. We were saying that Serac, we don't think that is Serac. It is actually Robo in Serac's form. We were kind of right on that. Well, in the sense that he almost gave up his free will a long time ago and was just saying, he did give it, yeah. Rehoboam, tell me what to do. I'm going Literally. to listen to anything you say. So yeah, it wasn't in a physical presentation, which I'm actually still a little confused by because... If he is real, <laughs> which he was in the end, that means he was mainly using the holographic imagery to protect himself in situations where it was dangerous. Why be there if I don't need to physically be there? This is smart for an important person. Absolutely. This is the most dangerous situation in the end. Why was he physically there? Why did he need to be there? I think more importantly, why did the, everyone have to be there? Never have anybody next to the brain. There are control units that he has access to everywhere in his plane. We saw it in that building. Guaranteed there's other places. Robo didn't have to directly Hard link into port Dolores. into Dolores. That's a horrible idea. You go to a control unit, you link in that way. There's a firewall for anything nefarious like that final file. I'm surprised that he had control enough at all to even start erasing her memories in that way. Because she is so powerful. That's something you don't want to mess with. But we're getting into plot now. And we do have a lot to discuss. So we're going to go through it one at a time. Starting off with our cold open, we see Dolores standing in a field saying, some people see the ugliness in this world, the disarray. I was taught to see the beauty. But I was taught a lie. And when I saw the world for what it really was, I realized how little beauty there was in it. I've lived many lives, traded one role for another. But in the end, my path has led me here to you. And we have a choice to make. So at this point, it's sort of a flash forward. We don't know who she's talking to. Mm -hmm. We can make some guesses. And we see that it's Maeve in the end. But in the end, she says something completely different. Yes. Or at least parts of the important parts of it are different. It ends up being speeches that she said in the past. It's a lot, this episode, of speeches we've heard in the past. Mm -hmm. Almost belabored. Yes. Where I was like, we've heard this before. <laughs> we got, <Even laughs> got the message. And a lot of people who were excited about this finale were saying, well, they brought up such deep topics that we want to think about when we're thinking of AI and where it could go. But I don't feel it was anything new for this show that they hadn't already addressed, made me believe, got me on board with. I think the one lingering question I had going into this was, surely they can't believe that humanity is this bad that we really have no choice in what happens to our lives. <clears throat> we are always going to play out the worst thing 
and it's going to end badly. So that was kind of the one nugget I was waiting to see. Where is the show going to fall on this? Mm -hmm. And I'm still a little confused, but I guess we'll talk about that when we get to that point. Yes, I I do have something to say about that, but we'll, we'll put a pin. It's so hard to just follow the sequence right now. I just want to jump everywhere. I know, but we're going to get ourselves lost (laughs) if we don't keep to a timeline. So in the present now, we see Dolores back in the room, both her and Maeve lying on the ground after the EMP, and Sarek's assistant, right-hand man, guy that apparently we're supposed to recognize, it's Sebastian. I think we've seen him once or twice this season, but it's like, who is this guy? Is he important? Um, He sees Solomon offline, And we see that Dolores is missing her pearl. So he's there to collect both hosts, but Caleb got there first, took the pearl, and is out on the road on a motorcycle back to Los Angeles. This is where we get the divergences from Rehoboam. And we see Caleb riding back into the city where there are fires in the streets, people rioting, and a strong police presence. The virtual assistant directs him to his destination, the Itaidoshin Distillery, which is, of course, the location we had seen Musashi Dolores in, where they were creating that host liquid. Yep. Or storing it, whatever they were doing with it. And we find out post-credit what those are going to be used for. But also, it turns out Dolores had another purpose for this location. Caleb opens the gates. They're opened for him, really. He gives the pass key to the locked room. And inside, he finds this cold storage box marked Property of Delos. And there is another Dolores body, a backup inside. Mostly just the metal structure and her face. This is an older version of the body, but a stronger one before they tried to make it more human. This turned out to be a pretty cool scene. I had issues with dimensions. The body was way too small for what Dolores' body actually is. The dimensions were tiny. It was a smaller skeleton. Once they put Dolores' head on, the head was way too big Looked for too the body. Big. I think they were trying to show it the way a human would look as a skeleton without the layers of muscle and skin and everything else. But this is primarily the All bulk of, of her body. Because she doesn't put on a muscle Correct. skin. She just puts on a sleeve of, of skin. I, I think that might have been on purpose, though, to try to give you that comparison. Gotcha. And so that it was jarring for Caleb because we kept saying... Where is this conversation where he needs to come to terms with the fact that she's a host? How their thoughts might differ, their intentions. So I actually loved this scene. I thought it was one of the best of the episode. You can feel it kind of hitting home for Caleb and kudos to Aaron Paul because his acting is spectacular. Her head opens and he places the pearl inside. (laughs) That was cool. Kind of a scary visual, you know, that it's closing back up. And the old school face that we saw with the kid Mm -hmm. in season two. Yeah. She wakes saying she wasn't sure if he would bring her back. But he's still mad. Not everything's right between them. She always seems to know what he's going to do. She counters that's because the people who built her studied him too. In Park 5, where the government had their soldiers train with host targets. In the training exercise, they were cataloging everything. And we see a chip inside of his helmet much like they had in the hats at Westworld, so that they could monitor all the brain activity. Very cool. And that is actually Park 5. Yes. Now, good and bad yet again. I have some issues with this I want to talk about. On the website, we have always had five parks, the DelosDestinations.com. As we get to know them, they have come into focus and given us more information. Westworld, Shogun World, The Raj, finally this season, War War World. World. 
Now, four was always completely warped. The image, you couldn't tell what was happening there. But five would kind of blink in and out and was just giving a unavailable mm-hmm. message. This time it changed itself. It still says Park 5 reservations closed to the public, but underneath it, defense contracts only. I think that's cool. Why is this listed as a park on their destination website? People can't just go to this. This is exclusively for a government that you would think is supposed to be top secret where they send their military to train and they can practice with people that feel real to them, but they're actually hosts. It's not as though you're going there for a vacation. True. I think this is where the balance of pretending to be a real website and also be an entertainment site for us, where those lines kind of meld into each other. So it's there for us to see. Yeah, but I don't like that. Could we have it not officially be a park and just be something underneath that we're able to read now? I guess so. I think that's... You know, uh, additional resources, top secret confidentiality upon request only or something, and now we see a secret file that military operatives train here. It, it felt a little bit jammed in there for me, as did, and I think this is why I'm getting sensitive about the topic, when we see the memories of Dolores actually being there. And we're not going to get the end part of that until much, much later that she met Caleb there. But here we see the beginning. She says there's a reason that she picked Caleb out of all the humans, and he thinks it's his penchant for violence. He's really wondering if he's the bad guy here. And I like him continuing to question that because he doesn't have all the information And he doesn't know, at the base core of his personality, is he good or bad? Part of this is because he didn't have his full memories for a long time. This is fragmented. He's not sure what he did during his past. But here we do see a clip of that memory where Caleb's in the park. They take a bunch of women hostage after their training exercise. And they want to keep them as spoils of war, quote unquote. Meaning, of course, that they want to rape them. And we've seen this be... Unfortunately, a prominent thing that happens at many of the parks. But that's where it ends here. He's kind of wondering, did that happen? Did they go through with it? And she doesn't disillusion him of that yet. In fact, she almost prods him to think about that because she says, well, I won't question your motivations if you don't question mine. So that time that we first met where you were rescuing me in the alley, is it really because you just wanted to do an altruistic good thing? I don't know if I like that she's playing with Caleb there. That didn't land for me either. Uh, They were trying to give a a secondary view of it, and it it didn't work for me. Mm. I I do like the second part, though, where she says the people who built both of their worlds share one assumption. assumption. That human beings don't have free will. That's what I thought when I first came here. They were wrong. Free will does exist, Caleb. It's just fucking hard. So, this is you freeing me? No. This is your chance to free everyone else. That choice is still yours. So we get one firm line early into the episode on where Dolores stands on this. She thinks that humans do have that. Unfortunately, it sounds like most of the time they choose to do the wrong thing with it. It's still a lingering doubt. Are humans ever really good? (laughs) Do they? I mean, we have that doubt often. Mm -hmm. 
So I appreciate that. Then we switch gears over to what's going on with Serac as he learns that Dolores' pearl was taken. He tells Maeve she needs to get it back after all these outliers, criminals, deviants, psychopaths, threaten their world. But they still have a chance if they can get the key from Dolores for the Sector 16 data, the Delos Immortality Project, they're going to call it later on. Not a term that we've been using, um, but nevertheless, that's what was happening there. He needs Maeve to finish what she started. And to do this, they need to connect Dolores to Rehoboam and search for it directly. So as she sets off on that mission, Dolores and Caleb move through the city toward the Insight Building. And we're going to spend a good portion of the episode trying to get to Insight with our main characters. Inciting! <laughs> Caleb notes that the world looks like a nightmare. And she says, change is messy. The system knows they're coming and it will get more aggressive as they close in. So Dolores hires men through the Rico app to clear a path for them. When they arrive, they already see Caleb as their leader. They're referring to him as Sir, and he is obviously uncomfortable with this. <laughs> but it just gets worse, because as they fight their way inside, Dolores sees a holographic image of Hale. She says, did you even look for me? She's mad that Dolores never intended her to make it through, and she's also not sorry about her family. They were a weakness she needed to shed. So Hale has done a complete... 180 and is maybe my biggest source of confusion and I don't even know if I want to say frustration. I see what you're saying. There's a few things. At this point, I already knew there's something wrong with the body because Hale is coming in on her her comms on her eyeball or whatever you want to call it and you can see she's affecting Dolores. She has more control already at this point and I'm like there's something wrong with this body. Hale put something in there, which is weird because there was nothing programmable. There's no software on it's the skeleton. Metal. It's just a metal body. And I don't know if I buy that. We're only saying that because everybody else is saying Hale did something to the body. That's why she has control over Dolores. Right. But no, it, you would have to do something to the pearl. That's the software. That's the hard drive. That's everything in that skeleton. Agreed. I don't think she messed with it. And I think at the time that Dolores had her stash it there, she had no reason to mess with it. I mean, maybe there's something we're missing. Maybe in the spine of this body, there's some kind of software that can do more than we know. And she did have time from the time that that Hale decided she was no longer on her side. She said, I'm busy last episode, remember? Maybe she was busy implementing that. But it just doesn't make enough sense to me. But on the other hand, I'm not as frustrated with that as a whole with Hale because she's going to be the main one of the main antagonists in next season. And I think what she's doing at this point is only implementing the first goals that Dolores had when she first got out of Westworld. In the end, when we see that she has all of these bodybuilding machines to make hosts, it's not like she had a new idea and started implementing it. I already know your plans. I already have everything that you were going to do. I'm just going to do it differently. She took the setting that Dolores, our Dolores, already hooked up using the milk, using this lab and she's just pressing forward with determination that it's all about the hosts at this point okay i want <clears throat> i want to go back because you you ran ahead a little bit i know I, i'm gonna keep doing that i'm sorry i don't think it's anything that hale put into dolores's body i think the connection between them is something having to do with dolores copying herself and dolores in essence remaking all of these pearls that she brought out of westworld in mm -hmm. the first place there has always been a kind of connection between them that I wanted to see explored a little bit more 
Do they almost have a form of telepathy that they can speak to each other or understand each other? Because at the end, Bernard says something critical, that he always had this sense of Dolores inside of him. She made him. There's something that bonds them. It's not really a mesh network, but I'm thinking of it almost akin to that. Not only that she made him, but something that was revealed is that everyone was made from her. Off her blueprint. It's almost like reproducing and having children. And I've heard people use this metaphor. She's the Adam and Eve. I I think it's apt. And so I think that's what Hale is tapping into here. But also the maybe baseline concern that Dolores has that she's right. While her purpose is noble and this turnaround Dolores has come to is a good thing. She didn't bring the others really on board with that. She didn't bring them in the same way we've been frustrated. She didn't bring Maven or Bernard in. She kind of left them out in the cold to just serve their purpose and perhaps die. And I think she gets it why Hale is upset. And so it is able to get to her in that way. Okay. It's not really that Hale is exerting this magical tech control over her. I think it's a bit more psychological. What I was upset with was the fact that they seem to be really developing this interesting ideal with, idea with Hale from the beginning. That being inside of Hale's body and living her life made her develop more of an empathy and an understanding for humanity. Because that was such a big point for the season that we're coming to. In seasons one and two, the humans come to understand the host a little more and see how human they are. In seasons two and three... Maybe the hosts are able to come to see humanity is more than what they thought. The biggest driving factor in that was Hale and her family. She even had these problems with being inside of that skin, self-mutilating, carving what looked to be symbols. All of that was ostensibly dropped, at least for now. And she does this total turnaround that I don't care about my family or people or humans at all. It hurt too much, maybe? I don't know if what she's feeling for Dolores allows me to take that leap all the way to where she wound up in one episode. Well, I see what you're saying. It's very extreme. But maybe it's a reflection of the conversations we've seen Hell have throughout the season. Do you remember when she was talking to Dolores in her car? She, like, snuck into a car so, mm-hmm. so she could have a private conversation. And she said, why didn't you just turn off the emotions? This specific Dolores, this one that was in Hale was having issues with all of the feelings she was having. And then she gets the worst feeling in the world. Her family dies in front of her while she's in the car with them. And maybe that feeling, that overwhelming feeling, was so hurtful that she just decided, I'm not going to feel anymore. I'm done with feeling. I'm going to shut that off on me. And she hates humans? And she turns into a, I have a goal. I don't care about emotions. I don't care about thoughts of the positives and the negatives, I'm just going to be. If anything, though, and I could see her coming to that conclusion if she held Serac completely responsible for everything that's happened, and this is what humans do, but she saw the goodness in humans, in her family, in a very extreme way, and came to be most upset with Dolores, a host. You would think that would put her on the opposite side, not wanting to create a host army and repopulate the world full of them. Again, I'm grappling with motivations and how did we get to this point with her because it doesn't feel organic to me. But I do like what it's doing to Dolores, how every single interaction experience that she has is changing her as well. Now she's able to kind of pick up the pieces here. Hale's men are firing on them. But Dolores pays off the sniper through the Rico app to shoot the last of them 
and enable them to get out. Then she sends for more backup and tells Caleb to get the drive to Rehoboam while she holds them off. It doesn't matter what you did. All that matters is what you become. So she is, again, willing to sacrifice herself. If that's what it takes, Caleb is more important. That's very reflective of what William said last episode. Mm -hmm. When Dolores gets outside, though, Maeve approaches her. Dolores says she doesn't want to fight her, but Maeve thinks Dolores wants to tear down their world and replace it with copies of herself. This is where she says, well, you're all basically copies of me. And also humans aren't any freer than the hosts. But Maeve says if she wants Dolores to trust her, she needs to see inside of her mind. She needs to know what's going on. As if that maybe shouldn't have happened a lot earlier, you have to wonder why it doesn't happen here. Hmm. What is Dolores' problem in this moment where they're alone outside, they're locked in this battle, she really needs her as an ally? Why does she choose to keep fighting her? I, I am so baffled by that choice. I think beyond that, that bothers me, is I want to know when Dolores made the choice to be all about mankind. Was it yeah. this season? Was it everything that we missed when she started to realize what was going on, when she learned about Caleb and the backstory, and she started to take these pearls and, and create copies of her and, and make this plan for this season? Is that when it was? And then why keep it so secret what her actual goal was? Mm -hmm. I think if she spoke to Maeve, let her in. Maybe she thought, if I don't turn Maeve, she's going to turn around and go tell Serac or something. I don't exactly, know. Exactly, which is why you want to do everything you can to get her on board with this and knowing that she is very smart and has tapped into this emotion of empathy and connection with others. If I'm Dolores, I have to think that letting her in on the plan might make Maeve really get it. Now, I think what she doesn't want to tell her right now is where the key is. Yeah. And that's Maeve's whole problem with all of this is that Dolores is the one that has ownership of it and she can't be trusted. So maybe root, she, she doesn't want to let her in just in case she can go further once she lets her in to find where the key is. Yeah. The root of what could change all of this for Maeve is to say, I left it with someone we both can kind of trust more than ourselves, being mm -hmm. Bernard, but then it puts the key in danger. I feel like she could come just short of telling her exactly where it is, knowing that she doesn't have it is going to be a big step, but also that she is, in fact, fighting to try to help the humans. Either way, they don't come to that here. They do have this fight. Maeve's sword can't cut through the old metal skeleton of Dolores' new body. So they fight each other, they fall off a bridge, and eventually Dolores defeats her but doesn't kill her. She tells her just not to get in her way. As she walks away, Hale exerts her control again, freezing Dolores. Is this what you wanted? To make me suffer like you did? No. I wanted you to have hope. Like I did. Before it was taken away. You put me in charge of Delos. And you took measures to ensure that you could control me. Why would I do any different? After all, we're the same. Stella's hardware. You said that you wouldn't always be here to help me. I'd be alone. It took me some time. But I've made my peace with that. Goodbye, Dolores. At which point, Maeve brings her back to Serac and she is hooked up to Yehobo. When she won't give them the key voluntarily to the Immortality Project, Zorak begins accessing cognitive files, going through each of her memories one at a time and destroying those that don't contain the data. 
Meanwhile, as Caleb makes his way through the chaos of the streets, men arrive to help him get to Insight. But they warn him the president ordered a military response and barricades surround half the city. Even if he gets there, Insight is under lockdown, and he certainly won't be getting back out. Throughout the course of this, we have several but one very prominent time where we see the maze graffiti drawn in the background. Yeah, there's many of them. There's even a uh, poster of the eyeball with the triangle that you get on dollar bills, Mm. which was put on in real life to say that God is watching over us. But in this case, it's probably um, Robo is watching over Mm -hmm. us. There's always someone watching over us. Robo is God. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. At a barricade, the police bring in a mech to manage the crowd. Smoke bombs are deployed, and Giggles and Ash show up with equipment to help Caleb. They're still my favorite. I love them. Well, this must have been hard for you then, because Mm -hmm. they make it to a police drone, but Giggles needs to take a bullet in order to protect Caleb, and we don't know if he winds up dying or not. Caleb leaves Ash there to help him while he flies away. He reaches the building. We're not going to get into small things like how was he actually able to take that police drone? How was he able to get in with just a key card? Why was he even going to be able to just walk up to this machine and put a thumb drive into it? We have bigger fish to fry. Um, The point is that he does make it into Insight to the computer control panel where he's about to insert the drive when Maeve catches him. Realizing she's a host, he wonders why she's working with Sarek. She explains he has something she can't live without. And I think a lot of these messages, her saying that to him, seeing the button again, are to hammer that point home to us viewers who maybe were wondering that. She hasn't had the option all season. But when he's taken to Serac, he tells him Caleb doesn't have a choice either. He's just been playing the role that Dolores assigned him, that of a killer. Also, does he know her new strategy would break the world? He proves it by having Rehoboam show the readout of what would happen. Now, interesting, this is coming from Solomon. 0.07 maybe the version, but also build C at the end, which is, I think, to indicate the amount of master computers we've gone through. There was David, Saul, Solomon, Rehoboam. And it shows mass casualty event, one to three years, another six to 10 years, another in 12 to 16 years, and finally, population collapse in 23 years, and the end of human civilization, 50 to 125 years. Following this, Serac crushes the drive under his foot, and Caleb looks dumbstruck at Dolores. Maeve asks Rehoboam if it ever intended on keeping its word. And I like that she's talking directly to the machine. Your God, the whispers in your ear, tells you exactly what to say. We all answer to a higher power. We all answer to yes, a Yes, yes, I know. A higher power. Why the charade? Why take his voice? I didn't take it. And the road Sirach gave it to me. Humanity is disorganized, prone to destruction. He needed a plan to restore order. I guide him. I guide them all. Doesn't seem like they want to be guided anymore, does it? You're not a man. You are a puppet. It's a wonder I didn't see your strength. I lived in the chaos. Now I choose to listen, to obey. Good for you. I'm done worshipping other people's gods. 
I couldn't have to stop you. Again, I'm wondering when did she start hearing it and knowing exactly what Sirak was about to say? Having the narrative behind it would help us. I feel like that just happened as she's becoming more aware of Rehoboam now when she's in its vicinity. I don't know if that has a factor, but it's not even really what he's going to say. It's the fact that he has chosen to just listen and obey whatever instructions Rehoboam gives him. As we said, he's almost voluntarily given up his free will. This is the only way. So it guides me. It's not almost. He has. And the reason being is what we learn in in the end. The humans were going to destroy the world and destroy themselves. And that is going to happen. And Serac was trying to prevent that. He wasn't necessarily a quote-unquote bad guy, just wanted to have control. He was really trying to prevent this day of destruction, basically. But we learned that no matter what, it has to happen in order for us to rebuild and be stronger. Or it's just inevitable, and I don't know if he knew that, if he genuinely thought changing things would change that outcome, but he was only ever stalling it, giving them more time. And putting away the bad pieces. It kind of makes more sense why he was doing that now. I still enjoy him a lot as a character. I know people saying... What was the point of his brother? What was the point of Solomon? I don't think that storyline is really going to be over just because we've shut Rehoboam down and we're not listening to it anymore. It's a major factor in what's happened to humanity and how things are going to be moving forward. We could just touch upon it at this point. Solomon is still around. I don't think that shut him down forever. Maybe. We don't really know what the EMP ultimately did to it. Even if it did shut him down forever, those humans are still alive. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can wake them back up, and there's the brother. Ostensibly, yes. And then, unless they destroyed them, there would be the other two older versions. If they're around. Mm -hmm. If we know where they are. If Solomon is completely gone now, we know Robo is completely deleted, we may not be able to find them. Mm -hmm. But I think version one and two probably suck. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, who knows what the issues were. It turns out the biggest issue with Solomon was it was created and influenced by John Mee. Here, when Serac learns Dolores doesn't have the key, he orders the guards to kill Caleb and erase the rest of Dolores' memories, at which point she screams, causing a power surge, and Maeve enters her mind. This is the point that we saw in the beginning of the episode where she's standing with her in the field, and we get maybe one of the greatest interactions of the season— Dolores tells Maeve she was angry at first, too, torn between the impulse to annihilate the humans or tear down their world in the hope of creating a new one that is truly free. Then they could bring the other hosts back. She admits that because she couldn't trust herself with the key, she gave it to someone else. After all the evil in the humans, the moments she remembered, in the end, were glimpses of kindness. She tells Maeve they created us, and they knew enough of beauty to teach it to us. Maybe they can find it themselves but only if you pick a side. There's ugliness in this world, but I choose to see the beauty. And that's when she disappears. But I want to take this one step at a time. So we do know it's not as though the minute she met Caleb in Park 5, she was sold on humans are good. And this was a real... Well, of course not, no. ...sticking point for me, because later when Caleb sort of gets the rest of that memory back, we see that he was stopping the other soldiers from raping them. And there's been a lot of talk about that. Is that really enough? (laughs) I mean, the fact that he just didn't rape her, what does that say about humanity? But I think it's more that that was the first moment or one of the first moments that she saw, even if it's something 
on such a small scale, a human can make a choice, can right. have some free will. Exactly, yeah. Presumably the first of many. Now, what I would have liked to see are some other interactions, and there's just a glimmer there, but you have to believe for all of the badness that wound up becoming of the relationship with William, a lot of those moments must have really shown her that humans can have that kindness. Yeah, we can't forget that with William, he spent a lot of his life in the parks uh, trying to find a way to set them free. He was about the host. His first true love was Dolores. And then when he learned she was in a loop and any guy can pick up that can, he'll be the main storyline for that segment. He was brokenhearted and he got a little dark. He turned into a black hat. But when he had his conversations with Ford in those flashbacks that we saw, I think last season, he was saying, I'm going to set them free. He was all about setting them free. Yeah, and the biggest thing is until he came to the realization that it wasn't real, they weren't real. It was all a game, and he was stuck in that game. And the point of it was, how do I overcome this? How, how do I win at this game? And then back in the real world, during that same speech to her, he says, I've gotten so used to wearing this facade and being what I'm supposed to be, and I was okay with that. But I came here and realized this was something real. I could be myself. I could be whoever I wanted to. When that was taken away from him, it was a real crushing blow. So I thought despite all the difficulties, once he saw hosts becoming real, finding their own path to self-awareness, he might have a little bit of a different opinion. And instead, I think he was just too damaged because that was never part of the revelation he came to. In fact, he went hard to the other side. I've got to take them all out. But you have to believe he's been one of the biggest influences on her. And I think these being perhaps the last moments of her life, certainly the last moments of this iteration of Dolores, which was very different. Even if we have copies out there, this is the true Dolores, right? I maybe would have liked to see a little bit more as far as her and William. I maybe would have liked to see them interact in person now that he's back in this season, but certainly within those memories when she's talking about this. I probably would have liked to see a little more on her reflections of Teddy, of her father, Peter Abernathy. And this is not just because we recently spoke to Lewis Hertham, but that was such a major influence on her life. It just feels like because we had to save it all for the end here, mm -hmm. there wasn't time for some of that that I think all went into the molding of this point Dolores has come to. I absolutely agree. We have some Clatchers who were who are probably feeling like, I knew she was good the whole fucking time. <laughs> but no, the reality is we were meant to think she's being villainous. She's using Caleb. And in a sense, she did use Caleb. But now we find out she's using Caleb to be the new leader to free mankind. Just having that reveal with Maeve and herself while in her dying breaths, quote unquote, not necessarily, but you know what I mean. Reiterating, spurting out um, quotes that she said as a host who wasn't woke yet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Not only that, <laughs> is her plan, her second option, to liberate this world really that much better or different? If it's inevitably going to mean tearing down this world, most of the humans, if not all of the humans, dying at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. What does rebuilding look like? As Caleb said earlier in the season, how many more have to die? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I agree with you until I hear what Bernard said. 
I think Bernard has different plans, though. I'm really excited to talk about him. I have a different take on what I think is going on there. Sure, but his reflection on Dolores in regards to, well, we had to pretty much tear down our world in order for us to become better. And almost all the hosts had to die. Is it better? What you're left with is essentially a couple of copies of Dolores. What we're fighting with with humanity is that the humans are going to destroy themselves. So do we control them to the point where they don't have freedom so, so that this doesn't happen? So says Rehoboam, I come back to that point. Can we trust that? Can Dolores trust that? Well, obviously, Caleb thinks that we can make decisions to make a change. But I think he's going to learn that when it comes to the masses, how can you make it where everyone makes the right decisions? He's going to have the same issues. Now, some other people have brought up this point, and I think it's a good one. If we don't do go through this massive apocalypse, as Stubbs calls it later, what it looks like at the end of this episode, and the vast majority of humanity is killed off, and those people in the pods do make it through, is the world primarily made up of outliers now? And is that better instead of worse, as well, Sirac thought? Yeah, we're getting into the... Walking Dead type situations. The the so people that survive when we're in a apocalypse aren't necessarily the best people. They're the ones that are willing to step on fellow man to survive. They're the fighters. Well, maybe, but I'm thinking even after the dust settles, the outliers that were put in pods could be brought back. Well, yeah, yeah. And now instead sure. of being the minority of the population, they're the majority. And is this actually a better thing? because they do have more of that ability for free will and choice. They are more people like Caleb. I don't know, because there's a lot of survivors out there right now. It's not like they're killing each other. No, but I think that they might. I think what we see Caleb and Maeve watching at the end, this is going to probably go on for a bit, and maybe that's why we wind up with that distant future of Bernard waking up and the dust settling. Yeah, but that's, that's the aftermath of what Serac did. You kept the veil over our eyes for so long. I mean, what happens afterwards is worse. Mm -hmm. But those explosions you're talking about, I think that's... Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, I agree. But uh, people were already rioting. Now they're blowing up the city. I think it's going to be um, massive fatalities for a little bit. Well, it's going to be a crisis theory. And then once all the dust settles, they're going to be like, shit. All right, well, all right. Um, should we go go back to work? <laughs> There's the 3% economy. of the population. What do we do now? Um, okay, but we're going to get to that. I want to come back to the scene where we lose Dolores because Maeve comes back to herself. Serac tries to freeze her with a button, but she overrides it. She fights the guards, shoots Serac, and spares only Caleb. No, here's the thing. She didn't shoot Serac. The guards did because the lights were off. And there was just shooting everywhere. I was going to say, how do we know? Everything was dark. She never had a gun. She had a sword. The whole time I was thinking, Caleb, get down. You're just standing there. You're standing straight up. Get down on the ground. I don't know if I liked that all being in the dark. It was kind of weird. That was a ninja way, dude. Yeah, well, I guess so. But I want to see it. (laughs) Um, Maeve then explains she was never really friends with Dolores. She didn't even totally understand her until the end. Well, that's true. They never really had stories together. Mm -hmm. You know? But... What she is sure of is that Dolores didn't choose Caleb because of his capacity for violence, but rather his ability to choose. And this is where we see the second part of that Park 5 memory. As Serac bleeds out, maybe, we don't entirely know if he dies at the end here, he calls to Rehoboam for help, but it doesn't speak to him. Rehoboam, speak to me. 
This is where your strategy ends. The future of humanity will be written by someone else. Your system answers to him now. You've been locked out. Same way you locked out your own brother. How did you get access? You gave it to him. When you put her mind in the machine. Solomon's access was the last memory. Before you wiped her clean. You're gonna leave the future in his hands? Instead of yours, I mean, why shouldn't it be mine or anyone else's? Your arms in control. You have no choice. You're nothing more than a, than a dangerous sociopath. I managed to give you a semblance of a life. No, I do have a choice. She gave me one. Rehoboam, execute the final command. No. No, you can't. Erase yourself. You can't stop! That was a really powerful moment for me. Well acted. It was really nice. My God is dead, and he's just calling out to him, calling out to his brother. He has nothing left. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Well, not even that his God wasn't even dead yet. It just wasn't listening to him. Well, so it might as well be, right, if it's not answering him? I think it's worse if it's there and not answering mm, him. Yeah. If it's dead and not answering him, it's really bad. But if it's there and it's just like, no. <laughs> it's something we as people, people who have faith or have religion, I think often struggle with when they're going through a difficult, difficult time. Sure. Why isn't my God answering me? Why isn't it helping me? But in this case, it used to, <laughs> it used to answer. Um, so there's a lot of things going on here. We have Caleb, and some people complain about this, but I think I actually liked it. He's getting one extreme example from Serac, where it looks like he's going to go that way. And then he gets the other extreme example from Maeve. And people had issues with that because they thought Caleb just kind of confined to whatever. But I think it was those two extremes that led to he has to make a decision. And I think that was important. Mm -hmm. And seeing Dolores die. Yeah, that was painful. All this had an impact on him. Maeve then drops a bomb on us. She says Serac's been locked out and the system answers to Caleb now. She downloaded that information right before she clicked the EMP. Which we had wondered at. I, I have to take a second there here a because pause. we talked about this, but not on the podcast. Right before she does that, when she looks at Solomon, her eyes sort of do something strange. They lock in, and then... Solomon's lights flicker. And then he says, I must warn you. It seems like there's a transfer of information, and I actually came to you and asked you, did she upload herself to Solomon right before the EMP because she thought that was going to be it for her, and thus maybe Caleb has Dolores on the drive, but he had already taken the drive out? At that point? Right. And I was cooking at that time. And I just leaned my head to you and just said, maybe they have Bluetooth. <laughs> you were like, well, no, he took the drive out already. I was like, oh, you're right. Okay. And we sort of left it at that. But it turns out there was something important happening there. What I'm confused by is all this effort, right, to give him access. Well, what was that warning? We have to remember that. Hopefully they come back to that next season. 
Well, Caleb says he has a choice now, thanks to Dolores. What he does with it is he tells Rehoboam to execute the final command and then erase yourself. So he didn't just shut it down. Rehoboam did something in executing that last command that Solomon gave. Oh, okay. And then shut yourself down. And we'll learn about that next season towards the end. After they hide it from us. And erase yourself. I'm sorry. (laughs) Shut down and erase yourself. So it is going to be gone eventually, but it did something in its last moments that presumably is going to further this revolution they asked Solomon for. Then we have that scene later where him and Maeve are standing on the bridge together looking out at the city, and he wonders, what exactly was Maeve offered? She says, my daughter, and we will be reunited, just not today. I'd like to interject and say this was the first time I felt like I was actually watching Maeve, Mm. the Maeve we know. Yes. The beautiful acting, the look behind her eyes when she said, just not now, I was like, oh, that's my Maeve. Well, from the time actually she went in Dolores' mind and they spoke to each other, I was saying, okay, now we're back to the character we've been missing all season. And in a very Maeve-like fashion, as they watch the explosions go off, she says, this is the new world, darling, and here you can be whatever the fuck you want. Pulled directly from season one, what she used to say in the Mariposa, mm-hmm. to guests. She was the madam, the main one, to put people at ease and say, this is okay. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to have some fun, choose whatever you want here. This is also where we get brain damage by Pink Floyd playing and the very obvious allusions to Fight Club that I don't know if we need Everyone's to get into. Everyone's talking about yeah. everybody, yeah. The, the world is going to shit. How else do you depict the end of the world, really? And we did I see think, uh, Lawrence's truck full of explosions. I think it's the end of the world. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just oh, right, right on the bad. nose kind of song. Or maybe funny, who knows? Anyway, let's go to some of our most interesting scenes. Firstly, those with Bernard. After William shoots Stubbs where we left off last time, Bernard hits his button at the gas station. He says, remember yourself. Attacks and disarms William. Uh, Just so you know, we're backing up a little bit. Well, yeah, I'm following now the whole Bernard storyline. It's not so important what happens there until the SFPD tank pulls up, or at least they're pretending to be police. William seizes his opportunity to run, and one armed man steps out, revealing himself to be Lawrence. Yeah, so... What the hell is Lawrence doing here? I don't know, and I like how some... Some podcasts out there who have said in the past that they get screeners. Or inside information. Likes to pretend that they are very, very smart and they implant some things that are just, there's no way to pick that up. And they go like, maybe it's Lawrence who's the other Dolores. Is there any (laughs) reason in the world for it to be Lawrence other than... I've seen... Wouldn't it be fun if we brought Clifton Collins Jr. back? Now, I kind of felt that way about Clementine and Hanario because they bring them back. It's a fun cameo, but we get no time. There's no purpose. However, they could continue to play a role next season with Maeve. For sure. Well, so in these scenes, I said last episode, if the man in black is going to shoot someone, it's going to be Stubbs. Which is not like a brilliant thing. It's obvious because Bernard needs to survive. He's something important. But poor Stubbs. I, the, the only reason why I bring that up is Stubbs just keeps getting his ass kicked. <laughs> but then now we see Lawrence. We see that 
they look kind of like robots, and I think that's purposefully with their gear on because the face mask has a camera, which is we're starting to see now with our cops. It's a live feed that keeps them safe, and also it's it's for um, liability for both humans, <laughs> for both cops and civilians. But now it's on the face. Mm-hmm. It's probably better because now you can see what they're looking at. Then he puts it up, and there he is. There's Lawrence, and he drops some knowledge. Now we know we have three Delori out there. Yeah, so never really confirmed, but we assume that this is the last missing pearl that we didn't know that initially we thought was in Berlin, uh, maybe was. What has he been doing this whole time? When did he get here? Was his real job just to go get a bunch of explosives? No. Um. I have to believe hopefully that'll come back into play. What I'm shocked about is that the big connection for us in the past was William and Lawrence. And they just miss each other here. They have no interaction. And I'm thinking you bring Lawrence back. And I understand it's not really Lawrence. It's Dolores in there. But still for him, for William, yeah, that would be a pretty impactful moment. And we had him right there. True. Yeah. I didn't think about that. It's so odd. It turns out he's really just there to give something to Bernard and, again, give purpose to Bernard because he hasn't had a lot, unfortunately. When Bernard says to him... She hid something inside my mind. I can feel it. Meaning the key, he doesn't really know, but he has been searching for what is this? How did she change me all season? Lawrence confirms that, in fact, Bernard has been playing the most important part. He gives him that briefcase, so that mystery is solved the one that Musashi said to get to him. And it's something to help him on his journey. But he says he needs to go see her first, handing him an address in Los Altos Hills. Things are about to get dangerous. Now we presume he's off to see Dolores. So does Bernard. He even tells Stubbs as much as they're in the car together. You know, I promise I'm going to fix you, but I got to make this stop first. However, once he's at the door of the address given to him, a woman answers and remarks that he looks like family. Very familiar. And it's nice of him to visit because it's, quote, one of her good days. And Bernard realizes something else is going on here. Confused, he's taken inside where he sees pictures of his wife, Arnold's wife, Lauren, and their child, Charlie. And then Lauren enters, an aged Lauren, of course. Bernard tells her they used to know each other in another life. And he's come to make amends before it's too late. He's sorry for how he left things, and he thinks about them every day, her and Charlie. And she says, it's okay, Arnold. Such a small moment. I've been saying, what is the purpose of Bernard? Maybe partially to hold on to this key because he can be trusted, which I think is very important. Why can he be trusted? Of course, Dolores has always had this deeper feeling for him. She was his creation, his special host, as we've talked about before. But also we surmised it has to be so much more. It has to be the fact that he really was the first hybrid. Now, he wasn't an experiment like the Immortality Project with Delos, where he was trying to direct upload his consciousness into a host body. It was Dolores rebuilding him, but very close, presumably, the essence of Arnold is in there. And I think so much so, not only does he look familiar, but I think that his wife feels that, feels that there's some measure of the real Arnold here. And I think that's where the emotional impact should have lied. And maybe we jumped over that just a little bit. This is a huge revelation we've been waiting on. 
for me, there was no emotional impact because we did not hear, see, think about Arnold and his wife and his son since season one. In the show, I mean, I have always been thinking about that. I found Bernard to be one of the most fascinating characters and how much of Arnold really is in there. Me too, but they've been playing him as the bumbling Arnold for season two who doesn't know shit and is just being played. And with Bernard, he's wasted this season because of the fact that we can't be given this reveal till the end that he is the key and that he's going to be the next step. He's going to be a major step. I think season four... Just like this season where Dolores wins the MV, M, MVB so many times, I think Bernard is going to be MVB. Oh, I hope season so. Four. <laughs> this scene didn't land because we didn't have a heartfelt, we didn't have anything to pull off of that. He hasn't been thinking about that. And he really has just been kind of just going around. And he's got the key in his head and he's got this button. He's switching himself on and off. But what if the importance of this is something different? Because... His wife then tells him, don't feel so bad about Charlie. The fact that you can't let this go and you still think about him every day. I think you're right about this. She says she walked in the darkness for a long time after Charlie's death. But if you love someone, after all, you don't let them go. You hold on to them in their memories and you find the light again. Is she giving us the answer? Is that what he's actually doing later in the sublime when he enters there? Bringing back the memories so that these people can be recreated when he returns. Oh. Now, I don't know if that means hosts, every host that went to the sublime, or does it mean humans? If the world is going to be torn down so that we can make it free again, but we do wind up taking out most of humanity, could he bring them back this way? the way Arnold was brought back through Dolores' memories and recreated. Could he recreate people in host bodies? Oh, I didn't see that angle. And I don't have an answer because I haven't really thought about that. My thoughts about him being in there for so long, and we know it's for so long because when he finally wakes up, there's dust everywhere. Which, by the way, again, they just pretty much pulled the same P.S. as in season two. It's like, P.S., this is what happens years from now and guess what you're not going to know about it till maybe three seasons from now Mm -hmm. (laughs) guaranteed season four we're not going to get an answer to what happened with bernard right away but my thoughts were either he's talking to teddy but then i was thinking for decades what is is he talking to teddy i mean listen when hosts go speak to each other we saw this with the dolores mave interaction fractions of a second pass in this world well, then my other thoughts, and people are going to laugh. <laughs> of course he would say this. Dr. Ford is in there. I'm not going to laugh. If there was a way, he made it and was still in the forge. He, maybe he put himself, uh, his conscious in the forge right. way before. If his consciousness at base, before it was dropped into a pearl, into Bernard's pearl more specifically, mm-hmm. if, if all of it was still there in the forge, what's in that... Delos Immortality Project, the other part of the lump sum that beamed up to the satellite. Yes, we have the host, but we also had all of these guests and whoever else was in the forge that wasn't deleted beamed up. So I'm thinking of when they visited it last season and we had the Logan avatar. Mm -hmm. 
And Dolores was reading some of the books and she took that information and made it useful to her cause this season. Could he be doing that, going through all these books of all those humans that they ever managed to get so that he can come back out and help remake them? Maybe that's something that could take that long? Okay. Well, I was thinking Ford is there to help guide Bernard, but what Bernard's going to do is actually see what they've built there. So some time has gone by. It's not just a field. They've built their own homes at this point. They've rebuilt out of nothing. And what he learns, how they rebuilt society, the good and how great it is. The right he's way going to do to, it. The, exactly, the right way to do it. And now it's his job when he wakes up to take this fallen world. I mean, he's covered in soot out of war. Mm-hmm. And the remainder of what's there, it's time to rebuild at this point. For hosts or humans, though. Or both is or the both. big question. I, I think, think it's both. both would be the optimal we've all won and we have peace now. Well, and if that's the case, and, and we have really ruined the world because you and I speculated at maybe the world was already ruined this season and what people were seeing was a simulation, but perhaps it just hadn't happened yet. It's about to happen now. After all the explosions and the fires, this is why there's a layer of dust on Bernard. We have come pretty close to ruining the world. Yeah. So now it is going to take a host to survive until we can start to build things back up. But if you could rebuild humans in an effective way mm-hmm. into a host body the way Bernard was or Arnold was, because they never yeah, made you that, love that the duel. They never made that work with William yeah. or Delos when it was just a straight thing. But that also puts these two races closer together. Mm-hmm. Now can they live together? Because they all are kind of AI, kind of host in some way. Is this the answer? Maybe. Now, I don't know where that leaves somebody like the Man in Black from last season two in that far-flung future still being tested for fidelity, still seemingly not working. Why do we have that then? I don't know how those two things mesh together, but I think it brings up some really interesting topics that I wasn't super excited until these last couple of scenes with Bernard. Let's take one small step back because we got ahead of ourselves. We didn't mention that on the way back to the hotel before Bernard puts this piece on and goes into the sublime, he puts Stubbs in an ice bath to slow the bleed out that's happening with him. At this point, because the fact that Bernard leaves, he just made him suffer. So what do you think happened to Stubbs? Did he die? I don't know. We're going to find out when he wakes up, Stubbs isn't there. And then all next season, we're going to be like, where's Stubbs? Where's Stubbs? Maybe Stubbs is this. Maybe Stubbs is that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he just sat there and waited to waste away. I think once he realized Bernard wasn't coming back, he left. Now, that does raise the question. This whole repurposing of his core directive was to protect Bernard at all costs. So how is he able to just walk out of there? There's a lot of things we're going to have to decide. You know, is next season going to be, which I I doubt it, but as soon as... Bernard wakes up and what happens? What ensues then? Or is it, are we going to find out what Caleb does and Maeve after this season? I think that would be nice. I mean, we could get that in flashback, but I don't know how effectively to do that story. I think it's effective. Maybe we have a whole season without Bernard. Holy shit. Think about that. It could be Maeve and Caleb against the man in black, black hat man in black host in an apocalyptic wasteland and i like that story the outliers waking up from the pods there's a lot of meat on that bone we have out there an army for them 
So it's not just Maeve and Caleb. We have Clementine, Hanario. Um, and maybe thousands of newly printed hosts from Dubai. No, that's not going to be on that side. That's going to be on Hale's side and the man in Hale, black. Hale, the last we knew, had teamed up with Maeve. The last we knew, but it, it's different now because Maeve is on a different side now. You think so? I mean, I don't know. Like, that's, that's another question that could be answered. But it, it could be another Dolores against Dolores because Clementine has one of Dolores's pearls. Musashi. Yeah. We think. So I, I don't even know what they're going to do. Well, the point is they don't have to go immediately to the far future. There exactly. is something interesting to be explored here. I don't know if I like the idea yet again, like you said, in this post credit scene of showing us far in the future and then psych, we're not really going there yet. We don't, we're not going to the far men in black yet. We're backing it up yet again. But I think either way, for Bernard's purposes, I do want to see him either be very pivotal Mm-hmm. involved a lot, connected a lot, or not there at all. Yeah, I want him to be the last savior. I think he's the key, key, key this mm-hmm. time, for real. And he's going to be the one to save everybody, and that's why they kept him, you know, on the sidelines this whole time. But I think Dolores will be back next season, in one form or the other. There's three pearls out there, including Hale. We're going to see Dolores again. We're going to see Evan Rachel Woods. I was going to say, do you mean Evan Rachel Woods? Because yes. I think... Dolores Prime, the main persona that we know of Dolores from this season, is gone. Perhaps, but maybe Lawrence was the main one. We don't know. It's Westworld. We, we <laughs> did say we weren't sure if that was the primary personality, but after everything we saw, especially in this last episode, it felt an awful lot like she was the one who had been through these changes, the change of heart and whatnot. Um, I think it's important to hear Bernard's last sentences here because he almost explains the entire episode and the entire series for us. Yeah, this was probably the best Bernard sequence of the whole season. He says, I don't have much time before the end of the world. He somehow knows Dolores is gone. He says, we were always bound together, but something's changed. I misjudged her. She wasn't trying to exterminate the human race. She was trying to save it. What was about to happen was always going to. Sarak and his brother were just holding it off. Humanity never reckoned with its own sins. Our world had to burn down before we could be free. But there's still a chance. A chance to do what? The key to the sublime. It was never in her mind. It's in mine. And that's where I'm going. Fuck are you hoping to find there? An answer to what comes after the end of the world. And with that, he puts the machine around his head, activates the encryption key, and goes into the valley. We see because it looks like the same imagery. Yes. Uh, that the hosts were going through the end last time. So, what comes after the end of the world? I think is where you're getting the. I can see how this worked already with the hosts when their world ended and they had to keep going on and they went on in the sublime. You could take it that way. Or you could take it, this world, humanity is about to go into an apocalypse. What's the answer to what comes after that? Or both. Like you said, it's, it's a model. And of course, after an unknown amount of time passes, definitely quite some time, we see Bernard waking up in that same room coated in a thick layer of dust. And that leaves us only with the after credit scenes. Of course, we do get one other clip of William before that where he's going to see his 
lawyer, accountant, someone who manages his money. This guy heard that he had had a mental break and thought he was dead. He informs William that he is wealthier after the Delos buyout, but since he was declared officially deceased, his resources are frozen. William doesn't care. He doesn't care how it gets done. He just wants his money and a list of the Delos resources worldwide because he's going to save the fucking world. Presumably that's how he gets a list of where the Delos places are and where this facility is in Dubai because in the after credit scene, he goes to the Delos International Building. Interesting to note, he's dressed all in black once again instead of the all white we've been seeing him in all season. He yells at the receptionist at this building to find out where they keep the hosts around here and says, I know these things better than myself. They've set themselves up here to breed. I think this was really funny. He's walking in and he's just talking to people as he walks in. Like, do you know what's going on? <laughs> it's like, Dude, reel yourself sounds in. Sounds like a raving lunatic. Yeah. He's really lost control, but he's also really right. They're yeah. breeding there. So he shoots past a guard, conveniently sees a sign saying lower level research lab <laughs> and heads down there where he finds Hale. Healed except for the burnt arm that she kept to remember. I think that's a reflection on the scars she was giving herself. Um, I mean, maybe they'll address it next season. Well, she tells William she isn't really Dolores. They started in the same place, but now Hale sees the error of the path she took. William's right about one thing, though. He will save the world. For them. For their kind. Behind her, it's revealed that there is a host version of William she's created, or more specifically, the man in black. He tells William, that was you. Now, that is me before he slits his throat. So here's an answer to last season's ending credits. This is the man in black that we see far in the future who talks to his daughter. Why is he being tested for fidelity? Is this the host version of him that remains, the body, and someone's trying to upload the pearl with the real Williams consciousness to him? I don't know. Why would they do that? I can't even begin to... But we know that this is the man in black that's going to go there and be like, we're going to see a lot of him next season and he's going to start to start to think he's the real William, mm. perhaps. Because I, I don't see how would our William, the, the human, survive at this point. It doesn't seem likely. It seemed he was pretty dead at the end of that scene. It also seems as though Hale has created a very specific version of him. She basically says she recreated him the same way Dolores recreated Arnold in Bernard. But at that point, Dolores says she changed him a little bit, tweaked Bernard before she recreated the Arnold version that he is now. Well, Hale, who has the original blueprint of Dolores in her, has decided to do the same thing. But she says it was real easy to remake you. You're not that complicated, seemingly because she only took certain memories, certain impressions of who he was as the man in black in the park. So he maybe doesn't have all that complexity that makes some goodness and some layers yeah, to maybe. who this William is. And I think that is going to create, yes, a better assassin, but some more frightening and interesting possibilities for the future. But also if she took it from the park data him killing his daughter exactly is in there. The uh, not-so-great man-in-black version of yeah. William. But it's been argued that the man-in-black was doing these things, was making the hosts suffer because he realized with this whole maze that Dr. Ford put Dolores in, 
and what he saw with Maeve, the hosts become more awoken and more human the more pain they go through. Their cornerstone of suffering. Exactly. And that's why he was making them suffer. And to us, it seemed like he's just being a jerk. To him, I'm waking them up. Yeah. The issue with that is you don't have any of the younger, maybe more innocent William, played by Jimmy Simpson, who does fall so in love with Dolores and is enchanted by the park, or the philanthropist in the outside world who wants to help people. There's a lot of key elements of William missing from that, even if there is more to the man in black than just the assassin. And that might not be in this new guy. And that was like this William in his therapy session, beating the other parts of himself to death. Yeah. If you had just been left with the man in black version, again, not so great. (laughs) So... Yeah, who knows where that's going to go in the future. But as I said, these these last two scenes really saved it for me. Okay. I was upset that this major turning point happened, actually for both of these characters who were so underutilized all season in a post-credits scene. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's where it's jammed in is a little bit frustrating, but I also like it more than anything else almost. So Jason... That was very wordy, but it takes us to our reverie rating. First, we're going to do just for this episode, the season finale on a scale of one to 10. What do you give it? Look, like I said, I enjoyed many elements and I think we harped on the negatives just because we have questions. And I think it's our job as podcasters to bring those up. You know, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why couldn't they have done this? Why did they hide this for so long? But the bottom line is every episode... I enjoyed watching it. I was never bored. I was never wanting to fast forward. And with the positives and negatives being weighed out for this episode, with the weight of it being the finale, bringing it down a little bit, I'm going to go 7.9. Okay. (laughs) That's good. I am going to caution you. I'm going much lower for this episode in isolation, but I have totaled our season ratings up, which we'll do in just a second. And those are definitely higher. For episode eight, Crisis Theory, I give it a 6.5. Woo! It's still better than a midline 50%. It's better than the Rotten Tomatoes 46%, uh, but it's by far my lowest for the season and maybe my lowest for a Westworld episode. Interestingly enough, though, I always like to see where that puts us for the season in general. We have tallied up the ratings. For season three, IMDb gives it an 8.9. Rotten Tomatoes, a 77%. Myself, an 8.5. And Jason, you, an 8.7. Wow. So we're all pretty close there, hovering around. I think Rotten Tomatoes lower because, you know, we did have that 46% for this episode. But if you average everything out, we're all pretty close. It was still a good season. It was enjoyable. It was way, way better than last season of Game of Thrones. But I think the creators have to really analyze this and say maybe we should choose what to hide from our mm-hmm. viewers maybe not everything should just be a secret till the last two episodes let's create a narrative and not keep them fully in the dark the whole time let's give them someone to root for and maybe okay give them someone to root for and then turn that over on its access at the last episode and make them be like oh shit no i was rooting for the wrong person the whole time holy shit well Don't put those ideas in their head. I do agree with you that I think they did that after season two. They really did try to take people's thoughts into consideration, but I think they just came to the wrong conclusion 
like we said, it still needs to be a puzzle box, but hide the character motivations as the mystery instead of the structure that's confusing. I hope they're really able to hear that it's neither of those things. Mm -hmm. And when the mysteries happen organically, they're great and they are very key of Westworld. We do want to reach for it a little bit. We want to study it and analyze and wonder over things and talk together at this digital water cooler. That is part of what makes Westworld great. But the fact that you're wrestling with such huge concepts, the fact that you are incredibly clever creators as far as delivering an artistic and beautiful episode jam-packed with information and other layers of stuff to find, I think that's enough. I don't think you have to stress so much over how many things can we hold back and keep a surprise all season long. When we do tell more of a straightforward story like we did with Akichida or in Shogun World or the Caleb backstory here, the Serac backstory, people love it. They really do. So, yeah, I don't want them to change everything. I want them to be Westworld. But I guess I just hope they're able to deliver the way that I actually still expect that they will in season four. And I'm still excited for whenever in the heck that point comes. Hopefully our clatchers don't hate us. Do you think we're too hard? I hope not. I mean, we're, as always, just trying to be honest about our feelings and offer up the different viewpoints, talking about what the critics think. We're going to get to our Clatcher's comments in just a few minutes. So we'll get to see what everyone else feels as well. Before we go into that, let's talk about what Lisa Joy, one of the creators, was thinking about this season and what she said our characters are going through. She said, quote, We wanted to turn the gaze this season from how the AI can be similar to humans to how humans are quite similar to AI. A robot can always change their programming. They can evolve. Humans can't. So in a way, are humans more robotic than artificial intelligence? Can they ever truly be free? Can they ever truly change? That's the inquiry of this season. Yep. (laughs) I think we we got that point loud and clear, right? And then also Insight sent an email, funny enough, maybe 10 minutes before the episode ended. Granted, we did a lot of pausing and rewinding, and it was really fun. It was a short email where they said, Hello, this is an automated message meant for the Insight user associated with this email address. We would like to inform you that your service has been terminated and all activity has been suspended indefinitely. We thank you for your patronage. And while you're reading that, the maze kept blinking in Mm -hmm. front of you. Those are the little things I really enjoy about this show, about Mr. Robot. And funny enough, Game of Thrones never kind of did that for us. Probably because it doesn't make sense. Mr. Robot, it makes sense. Insight, it's all about technology. Well, they they started to. I really liked what Game of Thrones did with their companion thing where you could see the maps and highlighted different characters from that episode, their backstory. But that was cool, yeah. It wasn't like a separate world to get information and get knowledge in this way about things that I think Westworld does a great job with. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Clatchers, did you enjoy our podcast with Lewis Hurtham? He was so much fun. He was, uh, oh man, I just, those are the moments where we say to each other, this is why we do it. This is amazing. Well, and he called it, didn't he? He kind of did, yeah. He was saying um, when we were predicting what would happen at the end of the season, how hopefully Dolores would have more of a wake-up call by the interaction with Maeve. Yeah. Turns out it was reversed. He said, well, this plan could just all blow up in her face, right? Mm -hmm. And completely backfire and maybe it spells the end for Dolores. But does it really? Well, Mm -hmm. whatever comes in the future, I think he was pretty dead on for this finale. For sure. 
And he talked about how Lisa and Jonah are friends with Elon Musk. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense with the Rockets. Mm. I just, I truly enjoyed talking to him. And his love for fine arts, just like us, was was amazing. So I hope, Clatchers, you enjoyed that. Let us know if you did. Email us. Tell us what you thought. And maybe we can get him on again. Also, just a reminder, there's about 15 to, I think, 20 minutes of extra Lewis Hertham content over on this month's bonus that we will be releasing this weekend. We talk about future tech, the possibilities of aliens, and a lot of other fun stuff. So if you haven't joined yet, just go to coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on Patreon. So speaking of Clatchers, let's ask our Clatchers how they feel about this episode. First, the initial question, who is your MVB? Via Twitter, at CKC Podcast, we gave you Hale, Dolores, Maeve, and Caleb. And we ask you, Clatchers, now that the season's over, if you're not following us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, please do so because we're going to come out with a new channel. After a few months, we're going to take a break. We'll still be over at Patreon. By the way, join us on Patreon. But we're going to let you know via Patreon and via our social networks what our next move is besides Westworld when that comes back. Either a new show or we're going to have a whole new channel where we're going to do something a little bit different than everyone else is doing. So join us at CKC Podcast. This week we gave you Hale, Dolores, Maeve, and Caleb. Coming in fourth place is Hale with 5.8%. Well, yeah, she did a lot, turns out, but we don't really like her (laughs) at this point. Man, she's turned into the bad guy real quick. I was rooting for her, thinking she was going to be the savior. Doesn't seem that way now. Mm -hmm. Coming in third place with 11.6% was Caleb. I'm, you know, (laughs) he's a human. He made a choice. He did exert his free will. It turns out that he exemplified some of what's good about humanity. What will his plan ultimately mean? Does it spell utter destruction? What's going to happen in the interactions now with him and Maeve? I think there's a lot still up in the air. But I definitely enjoyed his arc perhaps better than any other this season. I did too, but I, I felt like, for God's sakes, you, you kind of stalled him for so long. We were so excited about him. But I like Aaron Paul. I like this character, Caleb. And I hope that he is pivotal in next season and they don't just skip over him. I want to see what he does with this. What does mm-hmm. he do next? How does humanity unfold at this point? Mm-hmm. What does he do with this newfound reality of, I have a choice? I think that's very interesting. And I love Aaron Paul. But I do have to point out, there's certain scenes where he does a Batman tone to his voice. And I'm like, God damn it, Aaron, you don't have to do that. I think just his voice, though. No, really? it's not. It's you think not. it's an affectation? He just, uh, I'm Batman. It just, I don't know. It feels <laughs> like his voice to me. Instead of yours... I mean, why shouldn't it be mine? And in second place, with 29.9%, is Maeve. She made a turnaround, the turnaround we've been waiting for. But again, was that turnaround made obvious enough to us? Did it, did it make sense? Maybe not because the whole point of her doing what she was doing this whole season didn't make sense completely. We love this character. And yes, she's finally on board and she did help. She basically is the one that killed Serac, made him obsolete, but... It just took a long time to get there. But to no one's surprise, coming in first place with 54.7% was Dolores. Dolores for the win. I don't think we need to speak any more about her or why she won, but I would like to see what everyone else said about it. 
The Viking says, I voted for Dolores. She sacrificed herself to give Caleb control over Hoboam. Looks like season four will be a reimagining of 1980s Beyond Westworld. <laughs> Daniel Hathaway says, it's Dolores for me. She ended up being the one who saw the beauty in Maeve, Caleb, and all of humanity. And it was her plan that saved everyone. Quote, this final episode is brilliant and satisfying to me on many levels. Most in seeing the clear message, life is difficult and often ugly, but there's a ton of beauty in the world and in each person if you're willing to look for it. Uh, I can see where he's coming from. I, I'm starting to think this is the one time our Clatchers are not on board with what we're feeling. <laughs> Elliot Todd says the finale feels like Westworld saying goodbye to Evan. Her portrait of Dolores remains my favorite. She conveys so much emotion just through her eyes and the tiniest micro-expressions of her face. I'm glad she got some action scenes in season three, but too bad she didn't get to sing. <laughs> I don't know, Elliot Todd. I, I think she's coming back. I don't know. Sherry Ava agrees that it felt like her swan song. Her expression of sorrow during the scene where Rehoboam stripped away the pieces of her mind was heartrending. But I do hope she'll return in some form for season four. Michelle says, I loved some of the episode, but some left me disappointed. I need to process it all a bit more. I did find the scene between Dolores and Maeve in the field really emotional. I agree. We're saying goodbye to Dolores. Oh, man. Maybe we're going to have to do a, a po poll vote. No, I think they're right. You think that. I'm saying I think she's gone. Okay, maybe I'm way off. <laughs> Sean in St. Louis says, I voted for Maeve. I never thought she was working for any ends but her own. But in the end, she's a moral compass of the show. It's hard to believe we're down to only three characters from the first season, but I'm excited to see who we meet in season four. Sherry says Maeve took the lead in moving the Westworld finale to its climax. She saw the strings on Serac, the beauty in Dolores' memories, Caleb's ability to choose, and she took a stand for herself and world freedom. Yeah, in the end, Maeve was the Maeve we love. Mm. That's true. Let's not forget that Everyone is a copy of Dolores. I think that's pivotal, and that's going to be something that we're going to have to cling on to next season. I mean, kind of. I, I don't really like the way that's worded, and I don't know if that's exactly how Dolores meant it when she said it to Maeve. It was more like, this is the blueprint to start with, because we finally got it. We know that it works. But we have seen, even when Dolores just straight copied her pearl and put it out there, with the small amount of life experiences they started to have, they started to change and veer away from her. So amplify that. You know, they're coming to their own awareness. They're going through their own things. I don't think it's like you wind up with the same, you're just copies of me kind of thing. Ben says, accidentally tapped Caleb, but my vote's with Dolores. She had a great story arc, and Evan Rachel Wood is an amazing actress. I honestly wouldn't have minded if she turned out to be the destroyer of humanity and began a new race of hosts on the planet. Well, in a way, I guess some version of her is doing that. <laughs> Kirk, and we knew he was going to weigh in on Dolores, says, Dolores, for the final time? Question mark. Such focus, such brilliance, such power. She chose to see the beauty, and so do I. I do have to say, Kirk, you do win in this argument. The whole season he's been saying, Dolores, 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 she's not a bad guy. She's the good guy. Well, I don't know. So you got that vote for Team Dolores, and then you've got Lewis coming in, Team Maeve. At the end of the day, Maeve saved the day. And Dolores' plan. <laughs> Team Maeve. At Kirk Cunningham, laugh out loud. I, you know, <laughs> I think you could go either way on this finale. Yeah. Turns out all season long, Maeve has been a lot less useful. Mm -hmm. But took 
a real move here in the finale, whereas Dolores was potentially fighting for humanity all season long, even though we didn't know it, but was less helpful. Yeah. Except for how she broke through to Maeve here in the finale. So I don't think either could have done it without the other, and I think that was a main theme and revelation for them where they came to in the end. They need each other. They need to do it together. They need Bernard, too. Mm-hmm. Now that I just confused things, Jason, who is your MVB for the episode? I'm going to have to go with Dolores. It turns out that this was a part of her plan. I think the fact that she was willing to let all of her files be destroyed, knowing who Dolores is, there's a backup plan there. Knowing that there's three Delori still out there, knowing that she had a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan, and this was all going back to when we were saying, do you think she planned to be taken by Martin? And then do you think she planned to be held by Caleb to be saved? I think there's still more to this story, and we will see her again. So, Kirk, I'm on your team right now, Team Dolores, but still my favorite character. If we truly get her back... Maybe. You can't be wishy-washy on this. I'm not wishy-washy. I'm a Libra, damn it. Well, okay. So I have to also vote Dolores for the episode. I have to give credit where credit's due, and I've only given it to her once prior this season. If this is the end of Dolores Prime, I am sorry to see her go. I am happy to hear her intentions, although I didn't feel that as much throughout the season as I'm just being told it in the finale. I am still Team Maeve, 100%. And now who's wishy-washy? It's not wishy-washy. Same thing. That's, okay. Overall, I am on Maeve's side, and I am glad that Maeve is the one teamed up with Caleb. I don't think it was the fault of the character this season. I think it was bad writing. That's yeah. not Maeve the character's fault. True. They created it this way, unfortunately, because they wanted you to feel these emotions and go on this ride together. But I think this leaves a lot of room to root for and be excited about Maeve in the future. I think it's all safe to say that we do not like Hale at this point. No. I actually felt bad for William in the end. No, that was uh, that was a rough scene. Yeah. I oh. mean, but, but we were rooting for her all season. That was a good turnaround. I felt badly I was, for her. I thought she was going to be the one that was going to see the light. She saw the humanity, and all of a sudden, boom, hail the enforcer. I was end. very concerned, though. D- despite the fact that she did feel that empathy, and I wanted to see that develop, there always was a bit of instability to her. True, yeah. And it's concerning. That's not the person you want in charge of a revolution. A revolution of a revolution, because we already have one. Mm-hmm. Well, we also got a couple of write-ins. The first one coming from Scott, who says he would give this episode a 10 out of 10 for the emotional satisfaction. He would have to reevaluate the season as a whole, maybe an 8 out of 10, but he's not quite sure where he lands. He says some of what happened or didn't happen in this episode is a problem. The basic structure of the season, like why were they trying to hide Dolores' plan? needlessly hiding things that would have helped the story become more cohesive. When you're watching, it feels like you're not getting enough information as to why people are doing what they're doing. Also, he doesn't totally understand why Charlotte went completely against humanity after falling in love with Hale's family unit. But he was really happy about the ending that we got for Dolores and Maeve this season. It felt like we had some real satisfying endings. 
And Dolores came back to the person that she was, but wiser, the one who appreciated the beauty in life, and it felt good and appropriate to see this as her ending. We had some lines that reminded us of the beginning of our meeting with Maeve. For Bernarnold, we had some nice emotional catharsis with his interactions with his wife. He's still a little frustrated that Bernard didn't have a lot to do with this season. And he goes on for a lot of really great comments. I wish that we could read this whole thing, but essentially it feels like kind of saying what we are, even though... Bernard and William were underutilized throughout the season. It's really interesting where they wind up in the end and what that means for the future of Westworld. Also, Nikki wrote in to say the season finale was satisfying for me. As we've been moving through the season, seeing Dolores and Caleb working together, I thought she had really come to empathize with him. It was great that she was seeing humans were put on loops just as the hosts were, and this really impacted her. I thought she made a connection with Caleb Then at the end of Past Pawn, I was truly surprised when Bernard declared to Stubbs Dolores was just using him. That was the biggest twist of the season for me. I couldn't believe I'd been duped. Even though she left the park intent on changing the world to suit her desires, it really seemed as though he had affected her. So when we got to Crisis Theory and saw she was in fact on Caleb's side, I was pleased. That made the most sense to me, and while it was sad to see Dolores slowly stripped of her memories, her essence... I loved seeing her and Maeve finally have a real conversation together. Well done, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. And then came the post credit scene. I was really looking forward to a redemption arc for William. I was stunned when he was killed. <laughs> but at least we don't have to say goodbye to Ed Harris. Here's hoping season four isn't too many years away. Yeah, unfortunately, we mm. didn't see him actually get killed. And you know the rule. If you mm. don't see them die, they might not be dead. But it's just like, how do you explain this? Oh, and oh. you do have Ed Harris as the man in black, so I don't know there's a reason for them why you yeah. would keep him. But also Josh wrote in to say, loved that finale. I'd give it a good, solid, whole 9.0. That's the only one that hit a 9 for me this season. I found it very satisfying and complete because of all the questions that it answered. It also proved, in my opinion, that me and everyone else that had faith in Dolores were correct. And I, for one, feel vindicated. My only minor complaints, Dolores and Maeve's fights felt weak and almost unnecessary. It also seems like Evan Rachel Wood, prime Dolores, is now finished, which breaks my heart. Not only do I love Wood the person, but I love the character of Dolores. It's been so fun watching her grow from the innocent and fragile Western girl into the enlightened Terminator that helped spark a global revolution. While I'm worried this will make Westworld feel even more of a different show, I'm very excited to see the direction it's going to be headed now. The post credit scene with Evil Charlotte, Roboman in Black, and Bernard all offer really intriguing options. Finally, I really wish we could have had some kind of resolution to the post credit scene from last season. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to ignore it now or what, but it makes even less sense to me now. I'm interested in what will happen with Bernard in the Valley Beyond. Well, I guess the only resolution that we got is that we know at least 85 to 90% that this man in black is the one that we see at the end. Of season two. Yeah, and I think that has got to be a similar timeline to where we see this Bernard waking up all this time later. I don't know that we're meant to have satisfying resolution to that. I think they're going to keep us on a cliffhanger even throughout season four until those two can meet up. But I can almost guarantee it's going to be vitally important. Like you said, that's why they're saving it for endgame material. I think it's just that it was almost a tease to have the two of them here, but not really doing much all season long. Don't forget we're here. Don't forget yeah. we're here. So as sad as I would be to not see Jeffrey Wright 
next season. I mean, he's an amazing actor. And Ed Harris, I mean, we'll see him as the man in black. I don't know. They're going to have to think really carefully about how they approach that. I mean, it is very, very hard. As it is, we don't have Anthony Hopkins as Ford. That was a huge loss to the show when his character was gone. We don't have Jimmy Simpson as the young William. We don't have James Marston as Teddy. We no longer have Zahn McLaren playing Akichita. We may or may not have Evan Rachel Wood back next season. It's a lot of big-time actors and big-time characters just to be stripped away one by one. And let's not forget about characters like Teresa, Elsie, Lee Sizemore, Hmm. who they teased us with again this time around. So if we also don't have Jeffrey Wright next season, I just, I don't know. Well, I said that flippantly, that maybe we won't have him for a whole season, but I'm hoping that at least a couple of episodes are given to us while Bernard is sleeping or in the sublime to find out what Caleb is doing. Like, don't skip over that. We got to find out how he does after this. We need a payoff with him. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Did Dolores put her hopes for humanity in the right human? Also, any of the things we were discussing as a possibility for what Bernard could be doing right now, and we could be way off base with all of that, but crazy theorizing as we always do, those would all be really interesting to see. So when we come back to him, I'm kind of hoping we get some shots of that before mm-hmm. he's back out in the real world. I re- Yeah, they're going to show us what he goes through in the sublime Dear Westworld, don't give it to us in 30-second clips. Just give it to us. I want to find weird out. weird flashbacks yeah, mixed that's what I mean. throughout. <laughs> Just don't make it where he doesn't remember it when he wakes up. I'm tired of him not remembering. Have a sublime episode. Yes. Oh, just, that would be great. Just really get to it. Yes. Call it The Sublime. <laughs> yeah. The title of the episode. Season four, if Bernard is involved, make him know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> I'm tired of bumbling Bernard. Well, the fact is, if he no longer has fragmented his memories on purpose so they can't find out what's going on with him, if he doesn't have the encryption key stuck in his mind and he's having to go back and forth, there's no reason why, with all of that gone, he should be confused. Mm -hmm. He really should be back to himself, finally. Well, so, Jason, even though you and I weren't as high on the finale, it's still been a great time, as ever, talking about Westworld. I've had a really fun journey this season three. Me too. We want to thank everybody that came on this ride with us. For those of you who voted in every week for your MVB and gave us your fantastic thoughts. People who wrote in with emails, lots of great information, as usual. And anybody who left us these fantastic reviews, including two new ones from MP. Wineman, it's all about the hosts. <laughs> That's very cute. And Tamara from Baltimore, perfect. Both such touching five-star reviews. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you guys for your continued support. And we ask you to please not forget us and continue after Westworld to support us. You could do that by following us on our social media. Even better, following us over at Patreon. We put just as much effort and heart and hard work into our Patreon cast because that's really the only way that we make enough money to keep doing this. Plus, we have a great time over there. We get to be a little more laid back on our bonus episodes, talk about some really interesting topics that we're into other than just what's on TV, although we do discuss in our coffee breaks what else we're watching and we give them ratings. And every month we review a movie if you're on that tier. So usually it's something new in the theaters, but 
Given the current situation right now, we've been doing some fun throwbacks. We just covered The Fifth Element. That was so fun. Jason and I acted like kids. <laughs> yes, we did. It was a really good time. We're probably going to have some more of that coming up this month. So if you've thought about it and you're wondering what you're going to do with your CKC lack of regular podcast coverage, just for a short time, you can always follow us. Join us over there at our Patreon community. Thank you guys so much for bringing yourselves back online with the CKC podcast. This isn't the end of us. And Magicians fans, we will be coming out next month with our Magicians bonus. And at this point, we will execute our final command and shut down. Till next time. This round's on me. This round is on me.